Hey, everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing, plus all of our other podcasts, over at blisterreview.com. And once again, we are broadcasting this episode from the Gunnison Valley of Colorado, and I would like to cordially invite you to come spend some time in our wide open spaces and do some running or hiking or walking or crawling or biking on our amazing network of trails here in Gunnison and Crested Butte. And actually today, I got a question for all of you. It has recently been raining a bit, off and on a little bit every day, and it's actually been beautiful. And when these rains come in, you know, the entire mountain biking community gets all excited because they know that, you know, they're going to go out the next day and get the quote unquote great brown pow, or, you know, we all start talking about the perfect tacky dirt. And I was thinking, I don't think I've ever heard runners talk about brown pow or be like, I was out on this run and like the dirt was perfect, you know, super tacky. And it just made me think, why is that? And then it made me think, maybe it's because runners are just kind of tougher than mountain bikers. And it's just about like, look, we're going out regardless. Maybe we're getting rained on. Maybe we're getting hailed on. We don't know what kind of dirt it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be ball bearings and we're going to be sliding around. We're just going. So I don't know. Thoughts? Or do you constantly talk to your running friends about the perfect tacky dirt you just ran on or the sick brown pow? This is my question. Anyway, our guest today is the incredibly boring Kelly Roberts. Just kidding. I just wanted to say that because I was thinking about the fact that nobody ever has possibly described Kelly as boring. So there you go. Firsty for me. But no, Kelly is definitely the opposite of boring, which you are about to find out for yourself. And in this conversation, she and I talk about angel ghosts and the Lifetime movie script that I think I've convinced Kelly to write. And we talk about Kelly's entrance into this whole world of running that I think quite a few of you will be able to very much relate to, even if you haven't had exactly the same experiences as Kelly. Furthermore, Kelly is also the organizer, one might call her a community organizer, of the Badass Lady Gang, and she is also a former president. And I will let her tell you what she is the former president of, though I do actually suspect that Kelly is probably also going to be a future president someday, either of this country or some other country that she will start on some tropical island somewhere and she will get a bunch of us to probably move there and live under her benevolent rule. It's just a hunch I have, but it is a hunch I have. Anyway, the point is, Kelly is a true shaker and mover and a true runner, and I am excited to now share her story with you. Here we go. Well, Kelly Roberts, how are you today and where are you today? I really appreciate the today. <laughs> because the overarching how are you is definitely like really bad. But yeah. today I'm actually okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like on the on the Kelly Moodometer, we're catching you at a like a slightly better time than like as opposed to a slightly worse time. I mean, I think they're all worse times. It's oh. just like better days and harder days. <laughs> <laughs> this has been really hard. I'm in Brooklyn, which is which probably gives a little context to why I'm like hanging on for dear life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> haven't, haven't yelled at anyone today. <laughs> oh, that's positive. Well, I hope I hope to not be the first. I know I also haven't left my house, so that probably like, you know, puts me at an advantage. But it also probably increases the since you haven't seen any other humans or had any other like human interaction, I probably will be the first person you yell at today. Nonsense. I'm actually not a big yeller. Nope. I internalize. Oh, okay. That's probably not so healthy, but it's good for me right now. <laughs> so I'll take it. <laughs> I'm more of like a passive aggressive, like kill him with like a one liner and move on like emotional terrorism. 
That's more my that's more my style. Which brings us to our topic of today. Our topic yeah? for the hour. Emotional terrorism. People are probably right now like, who is this? Why don't we why don't we answer that question uh, for them? Uh, Kelly Roberts, who are you? I am aside from being an emotional terrorist. Emotional terrorist. I uh, I started a little community called the Badass Lady Gang and a body positive movement called the Sports Bar Squad. So I kind of carved a little corner of the health fitness running space for people who um, never really felt like they belonged and uh, made a little nest and then invited everyone to the party. <laughs> that's it. That's me. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. The only way I think you could have improved that is if you said, like, kind of opened with, well, much like Barack Obama, I am a community organizer. <laughs> so you, you're welcome to use that if you like. Oh, no, it just makes and, me too, and too sad to even think about Obama right now. Also, like Obama, you are a former president. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Look at this. Self, self-proclaimed, though. He won it. Oh, he won. Both both electoral college and the popular vote, <laughs> unlike some other people. Actually, I don't even know if that's true, but I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> what are you the former president of? I am the self-proclaimed former president of the I fucking hate running club. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is why <laughs> Kelly is a perfect guest on our little off-the-couch podcast. <laughs> this is my studio audience. It's just me. This is great. Um... <laughs> Well, I think you've given us a good overview. So, <laughs> yes, you are currently on Off the Couch, which we kind of say is, we like to say is like a podcast for people who love running, but maybe sometimes also kind of sort of hate running. Yeah. So this is a good fit. And then I think it's also kind of been a project of expanding that world of like who counts as a runner or what sort of conversations one can have on a running podcast, I think, maybe. So this is perfect. We're This is why we are excited to be talking with you, and you are, like, a perfect fit for our little program. I'm really happy to be here. I, I haven't had a lot of human contact, so mm-hmm. this is exciting. Excellent. <laughs> Not to take us back to a dark place, but I am curious to get a little bit of your update on things and life in Brooklyn, because I know that you, like, have not left Brooklyn, right, through this pandemic? I left once. I went to New Hampshire for Memorial Day, like, still when it was, like, you were we were not allowed to leave, so, like, I Mm. snuck away. All right, one uh, sneak away. That's pretty much it. That's the only time I've ever left. So Been here ever since. Tell me about life there, and, like, how does the pandemic and then living in Brooklyn line up with things like running? Is that getting in your way, not so much. You're still kind of on a regular routine. What What's life like? It's been really awful. Like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. This has been so, so scary and so upsetting and so hard. I I really don't think I've even given myself time to, to start to unpack what happened to us here in New York, like mm-hmm. March and April, because it's, we, I mean, we've just been in go, 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 survive mode. A, a, like a bunch of people in my family who live here in New York, they do business in China. And uh, like we've been watching coronavirus since December. Mm-hmm. So and my sister's a doomsday prepper and like mm. was getting N95 masks. And like we we stocked up on Clorox Perel in like January. So we my family kept being like, this is happening. This is real. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking like this would never happen in America. There, There's no way this would ever happen in America. And then. You know, lockdown happened and uh, we don't have cars, you know, like mm-hmm. everything we do is on foot and you're you can't leave your house without coming in contact with at least 50 people. Yeah. So it was just terrifying, you know, like the lack of understanding of what was happening and no leadership. And like when I ran, I had to run by the refrigerator trucks that were just full of, of oh, bodies. No. So it was like when like capital T trauma, it was really upsetting and really hard. It was really hard to like I know people who had it and like I, I know people who have died. Like it was it this has been really, really, really difficult. And then watching people elsewhere not take it seriously 
mm-hmm. was really hard. Like even my dad called me yesterday to be like, hey, we want to pay for you to come home. You know, we're, we're going to pay for your airplane. Come on home. And I was like, what? Hmm. I my sister's there who lives in New York. She left in March, like right before it all happened. She got out. And I'm like, you know that, you know, you know that daughter that's at your house and has been there for months? She's not there because she can't afford to live in New York. She can't come back. <laughs> like, there's a pandemic. Like, it's not that I, I don't want to come home. Like, I, I miss my family more than anything. Like, I, I'm not leaving. You know, like, I think a lot of people, I think we all have different levels of comfort right now. And I'm not at all going to shame anyone for doing whatever they think is safe. But for me, and just based on what we went through, like, I'm probably at the very, very, very conservative spectrum of like, you can't leave. We have to we have to wait this out until there's at least like really good contact tracing or a way to treat it or vaccine or like, you know, we know how to test every day. It's been hard. And running running was not fun. You know, it didn't feel good. It was stressful. Leaving the house was really stressful, although it was so nice because no one was out. No one left their house. And it was just bliss. You would leave and there would be no one. And now I've never seen more people running or running, biking, walking in my life. It's like the New York City Marathon every day, which was stressful in the beginning when everyone started coming out when the weather got nice. But I, a part of me is like, come on, winter, come on, winter. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. No one will be out here anymore. Oh, I see. You wanted the streets back to yourself. Yeah, because you go to the park and you see, you see 2,000 people. Uh-huh. And it's very different in Central Park than it is in Prospect Park, which I'm in Brooklyn. So if I bike, I'll go to Central Park. But like the furthest I've ran is eight miles since March. And that was an anomaly. Like I'm running and walking like it running just doesn't feel great right now. Like it didn't feel like it used to. And I'm finally getting back to, you know, that endurance level and where it's enjoyable most of the time. But uh, it was a lot. When you say running sort of hasn't felt great, just to clarify, you mean because it seems so weird to be running by all these people? No, it's not even that. It's I, I every run. It feels like I've never run a day in my life before. You know, it's so hard. And I and I do think it's stress and I think it's anxiety and just like I think we're all exhausted you know, and it's summer, you know, it's 86% humidity. And right now I think out there it's like 93 degrees. So it's, I mean, you have that on top of the fact that, you know, like at this time of year, normally I'm running 30, 40 miles a week just because I like to. Yep. But uh, March, April, I was running like 10, 20 miles a week just because it was so hard. Like it was just hard. And I didn't want to be outside for long. You know, now's not the time to break an ankle or hurt yourself. Like we were doing everything to stay out of the hospitals and away from them. Yeah. And I know I'm not alone. I see this in my community a lot. Like everyone feels exhausted. You know, like running is really, really, really hard. And we're doing it not because we think we have to or we think we should. It, It does help, you know, like that time away from roommates and family and and just to process, like, I, I am totally okay with walk running. You know, like, I walk, I run, I walk, I run. I'm grateful to be out there. I'm grateful to be, to be moving and processing. And that's why I'm still doing it. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I have a running brand. I got to keep running, <laughs> you know. It's truly, like, my saving grace. Well, so, okay, so help clarify this for me. I mm-hmm. Given some of the things you just said, I'm wondering, because often this is, like, a narrative we like to talk about in the running world is like everything was blowing up around me and my life was in tatters, but I had the saving grace of running to maintain some semblance of sanity. Is what you're kind of saying maybe flying in the face of that narrative or not necessarily? No, I think that's probably why a lot of people started running. It's why I started running, not now, you know, but like for me, when I first started running, I was at such a low point in my life that running hurt so much that I it muted everything else. And not only that, but it was an hour that I didn't have to spend on my phone scrolling and watching all my friends living their lives and me too afraid to, you know, like it was and it exhausted me. So when I went to bed, I immediately went to bed and I didn't just like shame spiral for two hours, tossing and turning. So I understand why a lot of people started running right now. I think that was probably a big reason it was a, an hour of mute you know from all the fears for me i kept doing it because 
I'm locked in an apartment with three roommates. They're my three of my best friends, but like three people who are terrified for their lives and for their families' lives and like living through this thing was was a lot, you know? So it was a way to get out. It was a way to move. I hopped on the sourdough trend. So like, you know, I, I wanted to keep moving because it made me feel good because not doing it made me feel worse. April, May, it was self-motivating. It was just hard to go outside, even though I knew I needed to. Like I couldn't spend a month in the house when I didn't have to, you know? So for me, like in those early months, when it's like you you have the good angel and the bad angel on your shoulder and the good angel's like, hey, just go out there. You can walk, you can run, you can do whatever you want, but like 30 minutes out there, just go spend them. And then the bad angel's like, if you go out there, you'll die. You know, like maybe we shouldn't. Don't do that. It's going to be shitty. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. You might come in contact with people. What if you, like, you can't call an Uber right now to come home? Like hopping on a city bike, which is like those bikes that you rent is scary. So like it was that thing. So for me in that time, I have enough tools in my tool belt that I can go, you know what? 10 minutes. I'm going to go run for 10 minutes. And at that point, I'm going to give myself the option to either walk home, walk further, keep running or run home. Like so. But the goal is 10 minutes. So most of the time, I would say like 80 percent of the time I would go run 10 minutes and then I would run a little bit more and then walk home. So I would get like a 30 minute run and then like a 40 minute walk. Sometimes it was different, but like that helped me motivate myself. It was more that I running's always hard. Like that's not this that's not true. new. <laughs> you know, this like is true. I'm here the, to the hardness Amen. of it is not new. The the feeling of this isn't getting any less impossible. Like I, I just have never felt this. I mean, I haven't felt like how I felt when I was first starting running in my life since now. This is like, and, and I, it had to have been stress and anxiety, you know, like that level of exhaustion and that level of just overwhelmed had to have been doing it because I also wasn't sleeping. I, I was having a really hard time sleeping. I, I had a couple panic attacks, you know, like I, I just, I think, I think it just was really, really hard. And I also think I was just comparing, you know, I was comparing it to where I, it, how it normally felt where, you know, like for every three hard runs, there's a good one. Whereas this was like two weeks of just like very hard running. And then there would be like a 30 minute. That wasn't the worst in the world, but there was never any like, oh, I felt like I could fly forever. But uh, so then it just got to the point where I'm like, well, you know what? Who cares? You don't have to do this. If you don't want to, don't. You know, like I got a bike and I started biking a lot and that helped my running, ironically. But, uh, you know, it just I had to take all the pressure off and just say, like, 10 minutes. Who cares? Right now, the only goal is to get outside and to move because health has never been more important ever. You know, like just and you don't need to be running a half marathon. You don't have to be doing 15 mile long runs on the weekend. You can do 45, 60 minutes or 30 or 20. Who cares? No one cares. Everyone is freaked out right now. You don't, it's not your job to like entertain them or to, you know, like echo the fears that they're feeling. Just do what you need to do. I would be very interested in hearing like maybe your like top three tricks. And is anything, do you have any trick that you like better than that? Like, I'm just going to go outside for 10 minutes or like I'll even. I'm going to walk eight of those minutes and then I'm only going to run for two. And then if I feel like running after that, I'll keep it going. And if I don't, it's okay. I'll shut it down. Like, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I, I suspect you have a spectacular, like, top three of these psychological tools. I think the best one is routine. The sooner you can get into a routine where you know you wake up, like, this is at least what I do. This is If I don't do this, like, the day is going to be hard to get out and run. It's like wake up, cough. Like, I, well, I wake up, meditate for like two to five minutes, depending on where I'm at, which is like headspace. I don't just sit there and I'm like, I'm good enough to just breathe and count to four. You know, like I have headspace, do it for me. And then I grab a journal and I have these like quick prompts that I do coffee, drink the coffee, like while I eat some oatmeal. And then it's like, and then it's get dressed, go. Like within that hour, okay. it has to happen. Otherwise, like the day is harder. You know, like I didn't do it today and chances of me running are very slim, you know, like even though I really want to, I'm probably not. But the 10 minute rule is another one. The other one is uh, just get dressed. 
mm-hmm. just get dressed and go outside and walk. Oh, I like that. And one. then I'll probably be so annoyed with walking that I'll start running. <laughs> and then uh, the other one is make a really good playlist. Like I'll stop, grab my phone, and like spend twenty minutes making a playlist of songs that like I'm really excited to listen to. That works for me a lot. Uh, the other one is like actually stopping, closing my eyes, and saying, "Do I want to?" And can I? And if both the answer to those are yes or I think so, I go. You know, like, and if the answer is no, I say, like, then we're not doing it today. We don't have to do this. No one's making me do this. And if I don't want to, I shouldn't. You know, that's been really helpful to me. That that was a change I made after my last marathon. I said, next year, I'm only going to move in ways that make me feel good. And that doesn't mean that they're easy or always enjoyable. But, like, the why is there. I want to do this. And I can do this. So I'm going to do this. Those are the big ones, but like that also doesn't mean that every day I, I do it, you know? And it, it, the other biggest thing is on the days that I don't, I don't sit here and go like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well now today's a rest day and that means that tomorrow I need to and then I need to. Like there's no needs, there's no shoulds. It's just, this is what's happening, you know? And it's, I'm doing this for me and I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> there's no guilting. I used to be a big guilter, really big on should. I should be doing this. I should have done this. Specifically when it came to running or just kind oh, yeah. of like life running, in general? Working out, food, okay. life. Very big control person and very big on like, if I'm not perfect, it's like really just destroy yourself. So where did you grow up? I grew up in San Diego in North County in a, in a town called Carlsbad. Okay. And the sports, were you huh. into the sports? Were you doing Never. the sports? Okay. No way. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what were you into growing up? And then, like, let's talk about when you got into this whole running thing. Yeah. I grew up in a very, very sporty family, which is ironic. Like, my dad's a Pac-10 swimmer, like, almost, like went to the Olympic trials for swimming and then was a golf pro. Uh, my uncle... Uh, he's he's in a lot of my stuff. His name is Dr. Robert Korb. He's a pretty well-known sports psychologist and uh, really big in, as a water, water polo referee. All my cousins played water polo and other sports. Like, everyone played sports. My brother wrestled. My brother played football. My sister was in gymnastics. I did not like it. I did Irish dance. <laughs> nice. But only only to hang out with my friends. And I was terrible and didn't practice and just, like, wasn't – I wasn't in it, you know, like it, it was not my jam. I really liked being with my friends, but I did theater. Like that's where I found my community and my people. And uh, like it, it gave me purpose was telling stories and being with people and making them laugh and making them cry. I loved I loved telling human stories and hearing other people's human stories. That was my jam. So that's what I did forever. And uh, did that in college. That's what I got my undergrad in theater. And uh, in 2009, my younger brother, Scott, he passed away from alcohol poisoning at 16. And that like just fully derailed my life. Like every day was a struggle to live for a year, two years, three years. I gained a bunch of weight because, you know, like up until that point, I've always been bigger. I've never been unhealthy. You know, I just I just was a different I I wasn't skinny. And I think the poison punch that we're all sold by the diet industry is that if you're not skinny, you're unhealthy. And, you know, like you need to constantly be striving to lose weight because we have this conventional understanding that this is health, you know, and that's that's the goalpost that we're all working towards. So for me, like I, I yo-yo dieted. I was bulimic. I, I starved myself. I did diet pills. Like I don't think there's anything out there that I didn't do in an attempt to like be skinnier or lose weight quickly. So I was constantly, you know, like up and down 30 pounds my whole life. But when my brother died, like I didn't even want to leave my house. I would go to school, which school was intense. And it was the best place for me to be in college because everyone in the theater knew what was happening with me. So everyone had me. We would just, when we weren't at school, we we would sit in my apartment and we would just like watch movies and, and just like snack. But everyone else was pretty active and I no longer wanted to go to the gym. I hated running into people because you would get the, how was your summer? You know, and you'd be like, really bad. My brother died. You know, how was yours? What you do? Did you go to Hawaii? So, uh, you know, like I just didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to run into anyone. I didn't want to like talk to anyone. So I just stopped working out, which until that point, like I was going to the gym. I I was constantly at the gym trying to lose weight. But uh, like eventually my mom was like, you're not happy. 
you're angry, you know, like I already lost a kid. I can't lose you. What do we do? And so, you know, like they got me into therapy and uh, I took a diet class, a diet nutrition course in college. And at the time I was taking this weight loss course thing that was like a one of those like it was one of those like meal things where you don't eat real food. You just eat like cheese puffs and like chocolate that is like manufactured food and it, you lose weight quickly. It's like a Jenny. It's not Jenny Craig or a Weight Watchers, but it's like one of those programs where you buy the food that isn't real food. And they're just like, you You just eat this every day. We're going to eliminate any thinking about. Yeah, you eat. that. Yeah, exactly. And luckily, I was taking this diet nutrition course. And so part of it was that you had to log your food so that you can figure out how you're getting your vitamins and minerals and like what fat does for your body and like how your body uses everything. And so I was logging that I was eating all this, you know, like manufactured fake food on this diet plan. I, I, it's blowing my mind that I can't remember what this thing's called. But, uh, you know, my teacher pulled me aside and she was like, this is so dangerous <laughs> what you're doing. And this is so bad. You know, like if you want, we can we can make your final project about, you know, like actually creating healthy lifestyle choices if you promise me that you'll get into therapy too. And I'm like, oh, I'm in therapy. Don't worry. <laughs> and she was like, great. I'd love to talk to your therapist. And then also like, you know, I don't care if you lose weight. That's not really why I want you to do this. It's more that I want you to understand what like a diet looks like because diet isn't what you limit. It's just what you put into your body. And right now your your diet is not good. You're you're eating chocolate all day long. That's not chocolate. So when you stop this, you're going to think that you can just eat chocolate. You know, like I would rather you like, do you like to cook? And I'm like, I love to cook. She's like, great, let's do something else. Let me help you. Because hmm. she was she was amazing. She was so great. She was also a researcher. So she like... I think she really knew how to help me. So that like completely changed everything. But I started working out like crazy. So I would go to the gym for an hour in the morning. Then I'd go to the gym for an hour in the afternoon. So I started, I developed like a really, really unhealthy habit working out. But when I graduated from college, I lost all this weight. I was eating nothing. I was eating like the most bare minimum of stuff, terrified that I was going to gain any weight back. And that's when I started running. I graduated from college, fully panicked. I was like, I'm I'm a fat woman with acne scars. Like, I'll never work in the entertainment industry. Like, there's no way. There's no way. And I have all these student loans. Like, how am I ever going to support myself? It was the first time in my life that I ever was like, oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know what my future looks like anymore. Because up until that point, like, if anyone was like, you're never going to work, I'd be like, watch me. But I fully, I just, like, completely just, like, dove into the rabbit hole of, like, I'll never be anything. I don't have a future. And uh, I like pressed pause on my life, moved home with my parents, got a job as a receptionist as in a, in a derm office, a dermatology office. And it was killing me that everyone in my life was calling me like teachers. Everyone was like, what are you doing? Why aren't you in New York? Why aren't you in LA? Why aren't you? What are you doing? And that was hurting me. And then it was Thanksgiving Day. And I woke up and I had this habit of when I was feeling really anxious, I would numb out by going to the gym and just spinning really hard, but the gym was closed. And I was like, uh, all right, I guess I need to go. I need to do something. Like, I didn't sleep all night. I was probably a little manic. And I uh, I was like, I'm just going to go for a run. So I like, I was like, and like the odds of me not being able to do, this, to do this now are slim. Like, this is impossible. I work out more than anyone. I'm so strong. Like, I have to be able to run now. <laughs> you know, this isn't going to be like the other tries. Sure enough, I make it to the end of the block and I'm like dead. Yep. I'm going to pass out. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is total bullshit. <laughs> like, running sucks. This sucks. This is dumb. But I was like, it's this or go back in bed and just think about all the horrible things that are happening in my life. And I was also like, I was sleeping in my brother's room. That was awful. Like, it was just awful. It was all horrible. And I just walked and then I ran a little like, you know, 10 seconds <laughs> and then I would walk. But it was nice, you know, like it, it was nice to be out. And uh, I, that day at Thanksgiving, you know, like my cousins were in from Ohio and I told them what I did. And my cousin was like, Kelly, you should keep doing this. Like, I think you're going to love it. I ran a half marathon once. Like, you should do it. And I was like, L-O-L. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the gym. But the next day, you know, like same thing. I just went out and did the exact same thing and I stuck with it. And like a week later, I downloaded an app and got a plan to do a 5K <laughs> and listened to it never I, and just like <laughs> started running, you know, but it was nice to like press start and end and it would be like walk, run. And I'm like, no, I'm walking. 
<laughs> but two months later, like I, I ran my first half marathon completely undertrained and on a whim. And uh, that day just fully changed my life. I was like, holy shit. Maybe my everything I've told myself is a lie. Let's. OK, I run now. I'm a runner. Here we go. Wow. So, OK, let's stay on this day. Your first half marathon. Oof. You just ended with this sort of revelatory, like the clouds parted and the sun was shining and you're like, I'm a runner now. Like, talk to me about how that actual race went. Like, Awful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I wondered. You're like, it was amazing. And like, it was all rainbows and unicorns. And then it's like, I'm a runner now. And I'm like, wait a minute. I really Can we talk think about- it is the perfect analogy for running. You know, like I think when people talk about running or when you see photos of running, it's why so many people have such a disconnect with their experience because they see people looking at like they look effortless. They look like they're having the best time ever. And I'm guilty of this. You scroll through my Instagram and every five photos is me on the ground. But then most of them are are happy, you know, and uh, the truth is it's hard and it's not it doesn't feel great most of the time. So like for me, I the furthest I'd ran was six, six miles and I was in Hawaii and my my friend at the time called me and she was like, hey, I'm running a race. Do you want to do it? It's at Disneyland. My mom doesn't want to do it. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, no, no, I don't. Are you kidding me? I'll come to Disneyland. And she was like, I think you should. And I'm like, Irene, the furthest I ran is six miles. And she's like, well, why don't you do this this weekend, this Wednesday? Why don't you try to run for two hours? And if you can, I bet you can do the half, which the worst advice in the whole world, you know, like (laughs) talk about the most dangerous, dumb thing in the world. But at the same time, like, it's what did it. So, I mean, I'm on vacation. I'm in Hawaii at the time. The first adult vacation I've ever taken. And I, like, suited up at 6 o'clock, the most hot time in Hawaii and the most hot and humid. And I go for this two-hour run. I think I ran, like, 10 or 11 miles. And I called her, and I'm like, I did it. And she's like, great. See you Saturday. Oh, no. So, like, we're in the car, and she's like, okay, so let's start together, and then I'll probably, like, you know, once we get out of the parks, I'll lose you, and you can just, like, finish. And I was like, um, what do I do, though? And she's like, run? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Perfect. Like, literally, we were lined up. She's trying to explain to me that I need to go slow in the beginning, and I'm like, I didn't know there was any other pace than slow. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And she's like, you're going to be fine. Just, like... Just if it gets hard, just pick something ahead of you and move towards it. And I was like, okay, whatever that means. And like mile six, someone was like, here's an energy gel. And I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, just take it. Like, that's the kind of experience. The whole, But like, I, I would say miles one through four were like genuine bliss. So much fun. It was through the parks and then she left me. And then it was like, oh, this is hard. This is really, really hard. And it was just like a very slow decline and it hurt like hell. But it was amazing because like at mile, I want to say mile 10-ish, this girl, she came up to me and we, we were like right next to our hotel, like right next to it. And I was literally about to stop because I didn't need to do this thing. Like the, I'd already, I ran 10 miles. Like that's huge. Whatever. I had fun. I didn't need to finish. And literally the moment I'm about to stop, this girl comes up to me. She's in a team in training, this charity jersey. And she's like, hey, my name, I don't remember her name. She's like, my name's blank. We've been running next to each other the whole time. And I, I'm really struggling. This is my first half marathon. Do you mind if we run together? And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm literally about to quit. And she's like, oh, don't. Like, let's work together. <laughs> did, you did and not say like, that to her. Did of course you say- I did. <laughs> of course I did. I was I was like, bitch, my hotel's right here. <laughs> Go away. Like, I'm going to breakfast. Let's screw I'm you. I'm literally about to quit. <laughs> I said this, my hotel this- is right there. <laughs> That's fantastic. I remember the thing, like there was a stormtrooper right there and then our hotel was behind it. And I was like, I'm out. And she was like, no, don't like my my coach is a mile away. Like, let's just get to her or him. I don't even remember who it was, but I was like, fine. So we like worked together and she told me all of her story. She was a cancer survivor and that's why she was doing team and training. And like that, of course, gave me this boost of like, if this girl can do it, so can I like and also like what a gift that this human is like. saving me so we get to her coach and her coach gives us some pep talk and she's like if you need to walk walk like just just keep picking things to move towards and I was like that's what Irene said that's weird and so that's what we did we would like pick a stop sign and we would move towards it or we'd pick a light and we'd move towards it and then at like mile 12 and a half she like turns to me and she's like I have to walk 
and I looked at her and I'm like, if I walk, I don't think I'll ever run again. <laughs> like, I don't think I can stop. And she's like, don't worry about it. Just keep going and we'll see each other at the finish. And I was like, I don't want to leave you. And she's like, don't worry about it. I'm right behind you. So like I kept going and this is where I found out that a half marathon is 13.1 and not 13 uh-huh. because I was like, here we go. We're done. And then like we got to the, the 13 sign was there and I was like, where the fuck is the finish? We should be done right now. What? <laughs> and we had this like little like mazy thing that we had to do to get to 13.1 and I see it off in the distance and I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, what? I can't do this. I don't think I'm going to make it. And I like it. I shuffled my I shuffled, it was so funny because I was shuffling so slow that these two older women were walking faster than me. But I'm like running. And then like the reason I'm smiling in my finish line photos is because I'm laughing that these two older women walking went faster than me. And uh, <laughs> I crossed the finish line. And uh, you know how they're well, you don't because you've never run a race, you said. Yeah. But normally they're like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, get out of the finish. And I like turned to the person. I'm like, can I wait for this girl? She like saved my race. I'm like, I want to see her finish. And he was like, definitely just stand right here. So like I saw her coming. She was like a minute behind me. And I got to be like, oh, my God, we did it. And, uh, you know, we finished. And then my sister called me and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did it. I can't believe you did this thing. And I'm so proud of you. And like, this is so huge. And like, that was the moment where I went, oh, my God, you're right. This is so huge. I can't believe I just did that. Like, I... I can't. This was impossible. There. This is. This is not who I am. And uh, I think everything just started. The mist started to lift, and it was. This is what running is. You know, it's that moment where, you, where even though it was really awful yeah. <laughs> for a long time and hard, and you told yourself you can't the whole way, it totally changes your perspective of what it means to persist. Mm-hmm. And that hard doesn't mean impossible. And that just because something is really difficult during doesn't mean that it can't have an immense, incredible payoff. So it was like, it was just incredible after. <laughs> <laughs> it was just incredible, period, after, period. And then I fell asleep during uh, the Aladdin show. Like I like, what? <laughs> fell asleep and I turned to my friends and I'm like, I have to go home. I'm so sorry. I can't stay awake anymore. And then I slept for 15 hours. Wow. You went to like a Broadway show or something? We were at Disneyland. Oh, Disneyland. And you went to Aladdin. Yeah. Well, like we went back to the hotel, showered and stuff. And then we like went to the parks. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting on any rides. I can't sit and stand so many times today. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Right. And they're like, well, let's go to this. It's inside and you can sit the whole time. And like I was like snoring, like fell asleep (laughs) snoring. And my friends were like elbowing me. They're like, stop. (laughs) The only thing that could make this whole story better is that was great and very cinematic, by the way. And I love the idea where the like the person comes up and is like, would you run with me? And you just turn and you're like, I'm literally about to quit. But then I like the idea that somehow, and then you get to the end and you look back for this running mate of yours and they're not there. And it like turns out that it was just like an angel ghost. (laughs) So would there be, when we make this movie... Lifetime movie? Yeah. When we make the Lifetime movie, we need to... Can we maybe just write in that this is like an angel ghost? And you're like, oh my God. I really like that change. Yeah. We've had the revelation. The clouds have parted. You're like, wow. Like, I actually, like, I'm a runner now. And I don't think I would call myself a runner, but I was like, wow. I'm... I did that. I can't believe that just happened. (laughs) That that just happened. I love that it it's in like the really passive long voice. Time, like a really long time to call myself a runner. Okay. Like years. Let's talk about this chapter then. So you went from finishing your first half and then you're like snoring during Aladdin. But but then <laughs> like what do you then, are you so sore and beat up that you don't run for like the next six months, but then pick it up or talk to us then about the, the, the trajectory from having finished that half to like, like, I'm like a runner now. I definitely didn't run for a couple days. I was like shuffling everywhere. And I like really relished in the fact that when anyone was like, what's wrong? I could be like, oh, I ran a half marathon. You <laughs> know, like I definitely milked it. Yep. And uh, right after everyone in my life was like, OK, cool. When are you going to run a marathon? Like literally right after, like when we were in the hotel room, as we were showering, I remember like laying on the floor because I couldn't even get on the bed. 
And my my friend's mom was like, are you going to do a marathon now? And I was like, no, are you? I don't even want to do that again ever. No. And everyone kept asking me that. And I and I I remember saying, no, no, no. And then I was at my best friend Luam's apartment in L.A. And her friend, her friend's husband is a runner. And he, he was like, Kel, like, can I ask you why you don't want to run a marathon? Is it because it just doesn't sound fun or is it because like, you know, like you don't think you can do it? Mm-hmm. And I like looked at him and I'm like, oh, I've been found out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Busted. Like, like, no, Kaylin, no. What? No. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. And he's like, you do know you can try and like not get to the finish line and like still be really proud of yourself. Right. And I was like, what? No, mm. that's not how that works. Right. You right. don't train for a marathon and not run the marathon. And he's like, yes, you, yes. That's it's not about the finish. It's uh. about doing it. And I looked at him, which, like, funny enough, like, that's the brand now. <laughs> that's yep. my brand. But, like, I didn't believe him. And I'm like, well, I don't want anyone to know. And he's like, I think you worry too much about about how people, like, think about you. And I was like, fuck you, Kaylin. What are you, my therapist? <laughs> like, come on, bro. Leave me alone. Haven't I been through enough? Stop it. Stop it. And, like, it, he truly did change it for me because the next day I, like, woke up. And I like grabbed my laptop, like literally right after I woke up and like did it as fast as I can to register for this marathon so that I wouldn't like back out of it. And it was, I think I registered in January or February and then it was in June. So I like got a training plan offline and, you know, started, started training for this marathon. And uh, it was like <laughs> really hard. <laughs> like, Turns really, out. Really, 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 really hard because I was doing it all by myself. You know, like I didn't know anyone who ran really, except for my friend who like she was living in Chile. Irene was in Chile. So like I didn't have her to run with or like talk to because we were on different time zones. So it was just me. And like I was Googling everything and there was no one. No one made it like this was 2013, 2013, 2012, 2013. So like blogs weren't what they are now. Mm -hmm. It was all fast people who were BQing and like talking about their how how much they loved running and I was like I don't know if I love this <laughs> like I need this mm-hmm. but I don't this is this is really hard and awful and no one's talking about that you know like no one's talking about how often they cry on street corners like I feel like I cry once a week and this is before Uber I couldn't like get in an Uber if I needed help like I had to call my mom which was like a demoralizing to be 24 and having to be like can you come get me I think I'm about to shit my pants like awful no one talked about that (laughs) no we might leave that part out of the lifetime Nah, we'll keep that in the lifetime movie people talk about it now yeah but like it wasn't happening then you're right it's actually like like cool now a hundred percent like there's there's like memes out the wazoo about it yeah and uh it was just really hard but like the same thing happened like race day came it was this like i was wildly underprepared and didn't know what I was doing, like to the point where like someone came up to me at mile four and was like, hey, like, what's what's your goal? And I'm like, survive. <laughs> what? And he's like, well, what's your pacing strategy? And I'm like, what's pacing? And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what that means, bro. Like I had I didn't know that how to take gels. I had I think I had 15 gels on me. I thought you're supposed to take them like every two to three miles. And uh, I was you know going to run this thing in four four and a half, five hours. So like I would, I had all the gels and they were, they were in between my two sports bras. So like, if you look at pictures of me, like I have this like lumpy sports bra full of gels because I was like, where do you put all these? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Like my phone's in my thing. I didn't coordinate with my parents who were coming out to cheer for me. I didn't know they were going to be. So I spent the whole race con- like just convinced I missed them. And they're at 25, of course. <laughs> and I was like so devastated that I missed my parents. But the same thing, 13, the halfway point, I look and see San Diego off in the distance where the finish line is, which looked 100 miles away. I, like, start to cry, like, fully have, a, like, a panic moment. And some guy comes up next to me, like, grabs my hand. And he's like, run with me. And I was like, what? What? And he's like, look at me. He's like, what's going? What's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, I just don't think I could do this. I think I'm in over my head. I think I need to stop. And he's like, no, you just... You just look at all these people. All these people are here to support you and you need to believe in yourself and you just take it one mile at a time. And whenever you start doubting yourself, you make eye contact with a spectator and you listen to them because they're here for you. Wow. He's like, you got this. And I was like, uh-huh. And he like ran off in the distance, never saw him again. Like it, <gasps> Ghost like, angel. It's another ghost <laughs> angel. I know. Like this is a theme in my life. And, uh, you know, it was like 
I walked, I ran, I walked, I ran. It was so painful. Like my mom had to help me out of a porter potty at the end. Like <laughs> it was, but the same thing happened. Like I finished and I'm like, you know what? If I ever tell myself I can't do something, like I'm going to try. I'm done. I'm done telling myself, you know, you can't do that or that can't happen and move to New York. Rest is history. Wow. My biggest takeaway from all of that is if you or Maddie Hart ever convinced me to run a marathon, well, I now know that I shouldn't put on a sports bra <laughs> and stuff 15 gel packs <laughs> I in didn't that know. Bra. I didn't know that nipple, you know, those silicone nipple guards. I didn't know that those were just for guys. I was convinced that my nipples would bleed, so I, I wore those. <laughs> See, this is also more new information for me. So thank you. Yeah, so guys, their shirts rub against their nipples. So they like you'll see lots of pictures with guys with like bloody nipples during races. And they have these like silicone nipple guards or people put band-aids on their nipples. But women have sports bras, so like we chafe in other ways. But you know, like I wore those. Like I I I made every mistake you can possibly make running a marathon, and it still changed my life. That's pretty good. That is a pretty good endorsement for like you marathons. That should be the commercial for marathons. Like <laughs> no, that's you, my brand. I don't want anyone stealing my shit. Okay. Don't. Fair enough. Don't, I need to go train wreck that. Hold on. Let me text my lawyer. Yeah, yeah. You should hurry up with that because I'm gonna just I'm gonna contact the marathon uh, <laughs> club. Hey, and be rock like, Guys, and roll. I have yeah. an idea for you. Mm. Let's talk about your brand and or the badass lady gang. Yeah. What's the what's the badass lady gang? The badass lady gang is a is a community. So we're online and we used to be in real life when we could do that. But uh, the more I got into it, like I had a really hard time running with other people because I just like really othered myself. I mentioned that I had a really hard time calling myself a runner or even thinking of myself like an athlete. So I, you know, I go viral. I start this blog. And then uh, people kept being like, run with me. Like, let's run together. Come to this thing. And I didn't want to go. You know, like, I'm already pretty introverted and shy, ironically. You may not believe it based on this. But remember, I'm sitting in my room by myself. And uh, I, uh, I, I hated I was so afraid. I was so afraid I'd be too slow. I was so afraid I'd get dropped. And, like, the first group thing I ever did was, like, I moved to New York. And I was fine running in Central Park at, at night because there were people everywhere. But the weekend after the New York City Marathon, everyone disappeared. And I was like, wait, where did everybody go? And I was like, okay, maybe I can't run by myself anymore. Maybe I'll join a group. I'm going to face my fears. And, like, I joined this really fast team. You know, I show up to the first practice and they're doing like speed work. And I'm like, what's that? And they're like, well, what's your 5K pace? And I'm like, I've never done a 5K. What? What's pace? Like, why does everyone keep talking about this? Right. And uh, they dropped me and I got lost. And I had to like take the subway home. And I was like, that was awful. Like, I'm never doing that again. And I didn't for a long time until I found November Project, which I loved. It's another free fitness organization that like... You meet at 6.30 in the morning on Mondays, Wednesdays, or Fridays, depending on what city you're in. And it's the biggest group of weirdos in the best way. It is so come as you are, open to all athletic levels, so much fun, such a great way to meet new people, all different backgrounds, and just like work out together and, and actually have fun. And I loved that. But like, I don't like waking up really early, you know? And like, I also really wanted a very running specific group that was only for women. And... uh it frustrated me that so many of the people who followed me, you know, constantly talked about how they get dropped because they're slow, quote unquote, or that they don't feel like they fit in or that, you know, like they're a mom. So their hours are crazy and they don't they can't do stuff that everyone else can do or they just were too afraid to go anywhere. So I started the Badass Lady Gang like just based on the mission of like getting active in ways that empower you. Like there's no first or last place in the Badass Lady Gang. All of our workouts are running running workouts, but they're in ways that it's structured speed play, but it's really fun. Like everyone's laughing. There's no pressure to do anything. You can walk, you can dance, you can do whatever. It's just a great way to meet people and be supported where you are today. You know, like everyone's happy you're there. That's the Badass Lady Gang. Talk to me a little bit about the reach or scope or if people are listening to this and they're like, that sounds awesome. I want to like, how do I get in on this? How can I get in on this? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you can go to badassladygang.com. That's where you can find your local Badass Lady Gang. We're not meeting in person right now. I know a lot of running groups are starting to run together again. In my opinion, I think we're, we're I think we're ambassadors of the sport and I'm probably based 
you know, like based on what I went through here in New York, I know I'm probably on the the I'm taking things too seriously end of things. But I I just I think it's irresponsible for anyone to be hosting group stuff right now based on the fact that we have no way of knowing who has it and who doesn't, who's contagious and who isn't. And based on how, you know, deadly this is, I would never be able to live with myself if someone went home because they ran with people and then like gave it to their family member or friend or went to the grocery store to someone who's like, you know, like all the people who we call them essential workers, but they're not essential workers. They're just our world sees them as disposable. You know, like they don't have an option to not work that job. So I just I feel a really big responsibility to keep people safe. So for me, meetups, they can't happen. We have to protect our people. So you can go to Badass Lady Gang. You can join our online community. That's where we're meeting right now. Everything's virtual. We're doing, you know, like virtual training programs and virtual races. I don't like virtual races. Like I would never sign up for a virtual race. But what we're doing is like I'm a coach now. So like there's weekly coaching calls. There's training plans that everyone does the same training plan, but different versions of it based on what level you want to do. So there's like accountability and you can make new friends based on wherever you are. And it's it's been really fun. And there are races that are like, like this month is our beat your best five miler. So you race five miles in the beginning of the month and then you do it again this weekend. So at the end of the month and you try to beat your best and your best is a feeling. It's not tied to a time. It is tied to you giving yourself your best effort that day. So helping everybody understand that mentality is like really what we're all about is what does it mean to give yourself your best each and every day, especially right now in this, when everyone's worried about kids and school and working from home and like all this stuff, undoing all the guilting and all the, I I mean, people sign up for races because it gives them something to do and something to work towards. And we don't have that right now. So a big thing that, you know, like I think my whole mission right now is teaching people like no, this is a lifestyle and you don't need a race to enjoy this. You can challenge yourself in different ways that isn't tied to like constantly spending a hundred bucks to run a half marathon. You know, how do you stay connected when you can't hang out? So you can go there and you can find us online. Our, our online community is free. Talk to me a little bit more about the coaching. Yeah. So I had a really hard time letting myself coach you know, like especially with my background, I ca- I, I've i been so fortunate to have some really incredible coaches. You know, like when I was with Nike for two years, like I had access to amazing coaches. So I had this total imposter syndrome, you know, of like, why would anyone want to coach with me when they can go to these people? So I really struggled letting myself take on that role and just even pursue that. And uh, I finally carved it out where I was like, right, I'm not I don't have what they have to offer. I have something very, very different. And I don't do one on one coaching. We have what, what's called the Badass Lady Gang team. So you can subscribe for the year and you get a weekly coaching call and you have access to all the training programs and plans that live in an app and all the good stuff. But most importantly, you get a team because I I'm very big into sports psychology and mental game. So that's really what I focus on in addition to all the work. But I've found that like what people really need is to work towards a big goal together and to like listen to other people's, you know, like breakthroughs, fallbacks, setbacks, fears, doubts, all of that. Because even though you can't either articulate it or you don't know that you're going through it yet, you will. So getting to hear it week after week after week. I mean, I think we talk about the same stuff every week in different ways. So it's helpful. It's very, very helpful for it doesn't matter if someone's trying to run a 130 half or if they're trying to run a four hour half, you know, like the doubts and fears are the exact same. The the self-limiting factors, the not understanding the difference between process goals and outcome goals or like, you know, self-efficacy, all that stuff is so baked into us as women, especially, but just people, you know, and a, a lot of the people who come to me don't have an athletic background. Some do. But uh, it's it's really amazing, especially right now, watching everybody show up for each other and like not being afraid to post like I haven't run in three days. I haven't done anything in three days. Like this has been the worst week ever. And everyone being like, same, you got this. Who cares? Like today we're going to go for a 10 minute run and then we're all going to post selfies. Like that's the group, you know, like some people are crushing it and like running harder and faster than they've ever run before, which is amazing. But there's also a huge subset of people who just need someone to like be like, hey, we're in this together and this is what we're going to do today. Let's check back. 
you know, and then they hop on the call and they're like, I haven't done any of the program, but I love this group, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so glad you're here. You know, I don't want you to sit in shame that and feel like you're doing something wrong just because you can't get out the door. You're still a part of this. So that's really what we're doing. That's what we're all about. You know, like earlier this year, we had a breaking two program to break two and a half. And that was really fun until it got canceled. So I, I really like goals that don't get celebrated a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I think the accountability aspects, the permission aspects, the, as you just put it, goals that sort of don't get celebrated a lot, all of those things, man, that all seems to be such such an important part of probably every runner's experience at some point, regardless of how accomplished or you know naturally gifted you are at this, figuring out those things. I'm not sure that anyone ever just sort of arrives. Yeah. Like all those things are going to, at some point in time, become important. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like you and I, we're not running because it's who we are. We run because we like what it does for us, whether that's a 10-minute run or a 30-minute run or a 10-minute walk or watching people do it or listening to other people. Like, I I love elite athletes. You know, like, I love their stories. I watch lots of them online. But, like, the people who really get my goose are, like, the, the, the woman who it took her six and a half hours to, to do her marathon and she was out there by herself. And the whole time she kept thinking about the reason she got out there and what she was doing it for and all the doubts and all the all the setbacks and training like those stories to me are so revolutionary. And it's such a all the cards were stacked against you and no one thought you could do it. Not even you. And you fucking did it because you had to and you believed in yourself enough to keep going. You know, like those stories, like, oh, my God, days that I'm having a bad day. Like, I really do go read. I read lots of other people's blogs, but not the popular ones. I read the ones that probably no one else reads. And I like those stories just like they remind me why we're doing this. Everyone's out there really trying to, like, survive. You know, it, it helps us survive because life is really hard. It's really devastating, you know, and it doesn't get easier. We just lose more people day in and day out. And, you know, like. How do you keep going? Why do we do this? How do we get stronger when when the world is literally caving in around you? Why do you keep putting one foot in front of the other? And I'm not saying running is running is the reason I keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's not it. But like it definitely reminds me that, you know, like there's more to this. And personal growth is more than just some white guy yelling about success on YouTube, you know? <laughs> I sure hope that's true. God, those guys really grind my gears. The YouTube yellers. Uh, there's so many. There's so many with their brands. Tell me a little bit about current projects of yours, what you are doing like kind of right now these days. Yeah, I have. I, I always have way too much going on. And I always feel like I'm not doing anything, which is so funny. <laughs> Both. Both of yeah, those like things. Literally, yeah, like literally someone will be like, what'd you do today? And I'll be like, mm, nothing. And then they'll be like, oh, you didn't text me back for for six hours though and I'm like oh I guess I had like 30 calls today (laughs) and edited like eight things oh I guess I had okay yeah I did a lot but uh you know the badass lady gang really is the biggest chunk of what I'm doing right now creating these virtual programs like we're about to our fall training program goes off sale I think in September September 6th I think and then uh uh, I I have a new partner so she fit is is the best sports bra ever like I found them literally because I posted a video after I wore a different sports bra and like bled all over myself uh. because I chafed so bad. The most mortifying day of my life. That's not true. I could name another one recently <laughs> that tops it. But uh, <laughs> are you going to tell us about that one? No, nope, just... sure okay. not. It was literally <laughs> this weekend and I'm going to die. I'm still dying in shame. But uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I like I had this terrible sports bra that chafed really bad. And uh, I posted this thing and I'm like, let's make the ultimate crowdsourced sports bra. You know, like, tell me what you use if you have big boobs. And everyone was like, she fit, she fit, she fit, she fit, she fit. And I was like, okay, it looks like we need to check this out. Everyone really likes it. You know, like, I I think the best way to gauge what works is to see what people who look like you are doing and people who are bigger than you are doing. And uh, yeah, I I really love them. They're, They're very much based in like all athletic pursuits so everything from just like 
the woman who's walking and breastfeeding to like powerlifters and bobsledders and runners. Like they're not a running brand. They're very much like a everyday move to empower yourself brand, which I really, really like. So that's exciting. So they also made it possible for our fall program. This is why I brought it up. I'm not just plugging them, even though I do love them. Uh, they made it possible. They, they made 100 scholarship spots to this program. So all 100 people who can't afford to be a part of this fall training program, the 12-week program, they get to be a part of it and they get a sports bra, which is really rad. So that's kind of like where all my time is going right now, developing that program and uh, making sure that everything's set for that. And then uh, the podcast is there, but like I don't really... We, we, it's turned into like a lot more guided runs just as a way to connect people since we can't meet up in real life right now. But uh, yeah, there's that. I do guided runs on Weave Run, which is an app, a really fun app. I work with them a lot. Oh, there has to be more. I feel like all I do is work. But yeah, Badass Lady Gang, really. <laughs> in conclusion, Badass Lady Gang, they can go there and from there, they ought to get a good handle on all the various things that you are up to and involved with, et cetera. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. It, it, I mean, and it's the, I try really hard to make sure that there's stuff for everyone who has no money right now. Cause mm. I know that so many people are hurting. So I try to really make sure that the community is just as strong for everyone. Someone who's that as who's paying for a program, which is why those scholarship spots were really important. But like my, I think what it, what it really boils down to is my, mission in life is to just get people moving in ways that empower them and that have nothing to do with weight loss. Nothing. You know, redefining what strength looks like and helping people understand that health isn't a look, it's a lifestyle, is what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's what keeps me going. I will scream it from the rooftops until the day I die. Health at every size is the truth of the matter. Like, we all got to stop drinking the poison punch and everyone needs to realize that they can move and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be something you punish yourself for to lose weight. I'd be interested to hear a bit more about some of your own personal goals. Bracketing this away from any of the work goals, I'm just curious, like, what are you thinking about other than sort of survival right now in terms of your own personal goals? I, I really don't think anything's coming back until next fall. I think places that that have lower infection rates and and looser governors who don't care about the welfare of the people. I think uh, I think we'll see stuff from them re more recently. I'm not participating, but uh, I think when when we do find our our safe new normal with a vaccine, I really want to do a half Ironman. That's next for me. Mm -hmm. That's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I don't want to do a full Ironman. Never say never, but like. No, I'd rather die. <laughs> Until this is because uh, when you're you're gonna get in the half, and then you're gonna meet the next ghost angel, and then they're gonna be the ones to convince you to finish the half, and then get you into the full. You know, this is this is how this goes with you. So it, you know, <laughs> yeah, I really want to do that. I really, really, I've wanted to do that for so long. I love cycling. It's hmm. it's so much fun. So, and I love swimming. Ironically, like running's the one that's really, really difficult for me. <laughs> so I'm really excited to do that when we're allowed again and when it's safe to do so and responsible to do so. I really, really, really like being there for other people. I think I've spent enough time chasing my own really big goals and I I'm sure there'll be big goals down the line, but like I really want to pace people in big programs to break two and a half. I think that's such a fun goal. Yeah. If I do another marathon, it'll probably be to help someone else like break four or run their first marathon. So if I do any, a marathon again, it'll be for someone else. I, I don't think I will. For me, like the big goals really this year's big goal was to move only when I want to because I want to. That was really something I promised myself I would do this year. You know, like I picked the best time to retire from marathons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, like I think balance is something that I really lost just because this is my job and I, I really have to do all the things because it's how I make money. So that was really difficult to to, you know, find a balance between my love for it and for what it does for me. And I, I do actually have to do this. So I really promised myself like I would I would have a personal life. I would spend more time with friends. I would date. You know, like I would give myself all the things that I was not giving myself room to do. So 
for me, like really the big the big goal was to run when I want to because I want to cycle because I can and get to and have the privilege to be able to afford a bike and these goddamn $150 shorts. Like <laughs> it it's expensive. Yep. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but oof. I'm yep. in the wrong sport. I should be selling shorts. <laughs> those are good goals. And I, I resonate with a lot of those, you know, and I like me personally, it's just like whatever keeps running sort of feeling freeing mm. is kind of my biggest thing still, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I like I like that answer. And, and I think that these things are important. And it's awesome for people out there who are already in that space of like, I love running and it is freeing for me. And so they can, they are sort of freed up to set their sights on different specific goals about, you know, running a certain distance and under this amount of time and the rest. So I do not mean to diminish that stuff whatsoever. No, it's all, it's all a part of the journey. Yeah. But I mean, we do, we do tend to swing from one end of the pendulum to the other and landing uh-huh. in the middle is really hard. Well, Kelly, this has been great. This has been really fun. Yeah, super fun to talk with you and badass lady gang. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's happening. <laughs> I want to let you get going. I, everyone should go check out the badass lady gang. I really cannot wait for your Lifetime movie. <laughs> it's going to be the best. <laughs> And if you want me to look over the script or put in more <laughs> angel ghost characters in there, I'm happy to. I, I've got uh, <laughs> that'll be my contribution. It'll be it'll be amazing. So uh, I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's not. You, there's definitely a lifetime movie here for we sure. We make you, it a Christmas one, and, and I know Hallmark will jump on it. Yes, since you very since you kind of waffle between being wildly too busy and not sure that you're doing anything, you have time to start working on this script. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Kelly, super fun to talk. And uh, I, I sure hope we get have an occasion to do it again sometime. And uh, I would love that. Yeah. Best of luck with all of it from survival to this lifetime <laughs> script. Thank you so much. This has been fun and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Kelly for the conversation. And be sure to go check out badassladygang.com because it will probably change your entire life. I also want to say thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from all of us here in Crested Butte, Colorado, we hope that you are doing well. And until next time, please be safe. Please take good care of yourself and everybody else. Please keep moving forward. And we will talk to you again next week.